Blog Talk Radio. That's it, baby. Back at it again. Another edition of the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show here at the NFLDraftScout.com. We appreciate everyone for following along with our exclusive on-location coverage of the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, and NFL PA Collegian Bowl. And nobody's bringing you that coverage from front to back, back to front. Upside down, turn that frown around because it's another jam-packed show with your host, RIC in a place to be Rick Saratella here, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. It's what I do, baby, and my co-host, Joe Everett, will be joining us in just a second to break down the week that was at the 2019 Senior Bowl. But first off, shout out to our good friends over at Sports Management Worldwide. It was so good to see all of the Sports Management Worldwide alumni on my All-Star Game travels. We ran into quite a few, Joe, and you know, we'll be out there again at the uh, Career Football Conference during the week of the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. So, hey, check them out. Head over to Sports Management Worldwide. You can get tickets over there on the website. Uh, it will sell out. It sold out last year. It will sell out again this year. And uh, honored and privileged to be speaking at that event, along with Rick Spielman, Mark Dominic. Last year we had Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. The list goes on and on. So, whether you work in the football industry, uh, want to work in the football industry, want to expand your network, or happen to be in Indianapolis and want to take advantage of that, check them out, sportsmanagementworldwide.com. And Joe, uh, welcome into the show. He is Joe Everett, never leaving a stone unturned. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett. We're over at Draft Scout. We're at NFL Draft Bible. You guys know how to get a hold of us. But if it's your first time, listening in and you're new to the show welcome aboard buckle up it's a double chin strap kind of day january 31st and we've had a few days now to let the dust settle in mobile alabama and uh joe first off uh welcome in and uh initial takeaways as we depart alabama head back home here uh who are some of the players here that kind of just really stood on your shoulder and kind of knocking on your brain Oh, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of players not only had a good week, but um, kind of made the best out of a so-so situation there. Like the the rain really put the damper there on uh, that Wednesday practice. But um, and then Tuesday's practice, I don't know. It was it was a it was a decent session, but I don't know. It just kind of left me wanting for a little more. It felt like everyone's just getting adapted. So it was uh, it was a bit of a tough week, but. I, I, I'm just two from each side, like flat out money makers. I think uh, I leave this week saying, "Boy, he 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 uh, moved himself into a different category." Uh, one has to be Andre Dillard, the the Washington State tackle. Uh, I think clear off the top, he's making more money than he came in, uh, or he's leaving with more money than what he came into Mobile with. Um, uh, maybe you know, I think he was solidly day two prospect. But now he may be knocking on that door because when you start to have those conversations, like, well, who's the legitimate tackle? Who do we leave on that island? Because uh, I don't know. It's, it's right now it's Jonah Williams, and, and, and Dillard has to be put in that conversation, I think. So uh, maybe he's not a first-rounder, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he's making a little bit more dough on that rookie contract now. And then the other guy is uh, Texas is Charles Amenehu. 
I'm hanging around post game and I ran into this pillar and realized it was a dude and I looked up, um, it was it was Omenicue. This guy is such a giant. Um and I had just pegged him as a interior kind of DL and maybe he's a pass for specialist. I'm th- no, I think he's I think he could play edge. Uh pretty solid in the week, but then in the game he he showed up like it was so reminiscent of like a Marcus Davenport what Davenport did actually in the game. It's like wait when the bullets start flying, those long arms he can reach quarterbacks and he can actually bend and play some edge. I I think um, Omenicu not only proved his versatility, proved his worth, but um, I'm not gonna say he's day one, but at the very end. You want a wild card first rounder that's going to appeal to a lot of different defenses, and really a guy that size wise, the profile, the program, he's had some pro style coach. I'm mean, like this. There's a lot to work with with Omanahu, and I think that's a guy that um, now he's solidly uh, second round, high second rounder for me, and and maybe once again, it just depends on. How things stack up at at, at twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. You know, we've seen Richard Penny go at the end of the first round. So I think a player of the caliber of Omena, who uh, he really helped himself. So if just offense, defense, I think right off the bat those guys stick out like sore thumbs. Is like whoa, uh, I didn't think they were the player they are, and they uh, they, they 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 made me rethink uh, their stock. Like, whoa, Black Rob would agree, and I agree with Joe. I mean, listen, Amenahue had a great week, an outstanding week, and you talk about a lot of these teams now playing a hybrid style of defense, a guy that you can move up and down that line and do a lot of different things. Uh, I could definitely see him uh, being a valuable uh, starter at the next level. And, you know, you mentioned Dillard. Hey, I don't care what people are saying about Jonah Williams moving inside to guard. He's not a true tackle. I I don't know. I've done extensive work on this year's offensive line class. I have yet to find a better left tackle prospect in in this year's draft class. That's just me. If there's a better one, I'd like to know who it is. And I I think you're right. I think Dillard is kind of knocking on that first round door along with Greg Little should be in the mix. And, you know, some people like uh, Yadney Kajust, I'm a big fan from West Virginia. Other people think Jawan Taylor uh, from Florida is a guy there at the tackle position that could move up. I know we were both impressed with Caleb McGarry uh, from Washington at the senior ball. I mean, talk about a mountain of a man. I think uh, in terms of moneymakers, Joe, I think this kid Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky, the – Senior Bowl platform did him good because scouts got a chance to see not only his impressive length at six foot two, but his ability to play physical man coverage and and just matching up with uh, guys one on one. In fact, you know, I I was uh, thinking that his play against Hunter Renfro might have been the play of the week where, you know, he kind of just blew up that whole bubble screen <laughs> pass there and and lit up Hunter Renfro and it definitely got the sidelines going and and uh, reinvigorated, like you said, some of the dullness that was, you know, a lot of players kind of mulling around with the rain, going through the motions. It wasn't as intense as maybe, you know, we would have liked to have seen. And then the other guy I do want to mention on the offensive side, you know, if you've been following me on Twitter, then you know I've been (laughs) not only a member, but also the president of the Chris Lindstrom uh, fan club, this kid from Boston College. I mean, listen, I would have no problem investing a first round pick in this kid, inserting him in, in, in the starting lineup and, and, 
you know, just <laughs> locking him up for that second contract right now. I think he's going to be a solid starter for the next decade at the next level. You know, it's funny with these guards, you don't know how teams are, are valuing that position. Um, but Lindstrom, I, I just think, is a, a nasty bully in the trenches, and I love it. Um, solid film, too, to back it up. So uh, Lindstrom and Lonnie Johnson, for me, it's uh, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here, breaking down the 2019 Reese's Senior Bowl. Of course, you can log on to the NFLDraftScout.com. I have my all Senior Bowl team posted, first, second, third, honorable mention, and so forth. I also broke down my top ten players from the that from what I've seen and, and also where I anticipate players uh, coming off the board in the draft come April. So you can check all that out over at the NFL com. Now, Joe, everybody as they should wants to know about the quarterbacks. And, you know, last year we we've talked about what a studded, you know, bunch of studs they had this year, maybe not as star studded, but a lot of guys who, Hey, are being talked about this first round, most notably Drew Luck, Daniel Jones. It seemed like the week was all about Locke uh, going in, and and we saw that with Nagy making Locke one of the uh, first interviews opening night at the media session with all the media in attendance, me and Drew. We had a chance to introduce each other. But, um, you know, what was your take? Because, you know, I can ask 10 different people who the best quarterback was in Mobile, and I'd probably get 10 different answers. I'm coming away, like, the whole week encompassed. It's still Daniel Jones, and, I mean, break my elbow, pat myself in the back, but I'm taking my show notes from the week before. He should be good for the game more so than the practice. I think that's where he shines, beating coverage, taking what defense is given, making plays with his feet. He's he's more of for the – I think the game works for him as opposed to the practices. That's exactly freaking how it I – mean, it shows up at the game who's the MVP, Daniel Jones. He actually – once again, I hate to use bullets flying again, but that's what it is with quarterbacks and the blitz coming and how he reacts to it, how he buys that time in the pocket. Um, that's still the best quarterback coming away from the week. I thought Drew Locke was tough to make, but a really so-so day uh, on Tuesday – uh, didn't get a full digestion of Wednesday, and then I mean, decent on Thursday. And there's no question he's got a power arm. I like the compact release. It's just footwork. Uh, mentally, is he a step late? Um, I just I don't have confidence uh, in the kid. Um, Stidham, kind of, kind of what I expected. I mean, he just spun it pretty well. He times his passes. Uh, throwing against air, he looks real damn good. Um, I think. He he could develop into a starter. I'm just not excited about him. Uh, I think he won that practice player of the week for him somehow, uh, just on the basis of not screwing it up. Um, the real the, the the intrigue is Tyree Jackson. Uh, it's um, it's tough for that that week and the structure of the way the week works. It's not showing off what he does well, but I thought in the game. He really started to show off. He took that shot. Um, he escapes pressure. He got to show off at Cannon. The placement is not consistent. Um, he, he is clay right now. You're not looking at a guy who's ready to start anytime soon. But, uh, I mean, down the road, uh, I think there's a ton of upside with Tyree Jackson. And he, he did nothing but, I think, fuel the fire of any of his fans. Um, I don't think he hurt himself too much. And really, once the game 
uh, started there, he kind of sparked the the South team more than anything. So, yeah, I like what Tyree Jackson put out there. Will Greer was terrible all week. Um, I think, honestly, he tried to go out there in the game and be the worst quarterback, but Gardner Minshew was just like, hold my beer. Uh, Both Greer and Minshew, uh, (laughs) regrettable games. I think Greer even more so, like, than anything. He, you know, taking that bowl game off now. I was going to say, because, you know, listen – you don't want to say, you know, you don't want to put too much stock in these all-star games and, and and teams will claim that their boards are pretty much set going into the process. But man, if anybody did damage to their stock, I mean, and actually dropped themselves around or two, I think it was Will Greer. I mean, oh, yeah. and at least Menchu, at least he was, you know, named practice player of the week. He came out was one of the team captains actually earned the start for the game. But Greer, I think, was just a disaster and a total mess. Yeah, and really skipping that bowl game now. It's like, kid, what what are you doing? Of all the bowl, you should have skipped the senior bowl and played in your actual team's bowl game. But, um, yeah, he damaged his stock. And I think even before the week, we were both like, why is Trace McSorley here? He, I, I think, pretty much validated that. Uh, Ryan Finley, I I wouldn't even known he was that in Mobile. I don't know what some of the fascination is over the Ryan Finley, but there seems to be a fan club for him. I I don't know. Um, maybe someone takes a late round flyer on him. I I don't see it. I wouldn't invest a draft pick on him. Um, just not my cup of tea. So all right, Joe, we covered the quarterbacks pretty good there. Um, about halfway through the show or so, let's uh, talk about some of the other risers, sliders, and surprises because uh, we did mention some of our money, you know, big time money makers at the top of the show. Um, but like you said, there was a lot of solid performances. Guys like a Montez Sweat, who I think, you know, pretty much was a consensus first round pick coming in. Now you're starting to hear, you know, he kind of solidified himself in the top half of the first round, uh, Nazar Adderley, I know you, that was a guy you and I had come into the event keeping a close eye on, but, uh, you know, who are some of the other guys that you thought had a good week, uh, week of practice end game? Well, I think Dexter Williams, uh, juice Williams showed up at the game and, uh, flashed that speed. Um, he's got the power. Um, I don't know that he's still the receiver we want him to be, but, uh, the game went well for him. And then the Debo, Samuel, South Carolina, he just solidified, I think, his stock. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be a first-rounder, but, man, is he going to be a, a great value uh, high in, in in the second round. And just all week, he, he was just drawing who was and odds. With the battles he had with Lonnie Johnson and, and uh, Rock, Gisin, um Valentine from Washburn, I mean, he had them all. He had them all three different ways, too. It was fun to watch him work. And I think who stole the show is Terry McLaren, our guy from Ohio State. Uh, oh, yeah. I found myself talking talking about him every day. Uh, no denying, I think, the biggest jump of anybody. Um, and, and I think uh, the NFL kind of pats themselves on the back because that's the guy they wanted there. A lot of teams were really high on him. And, boy, did he look the part, not only just catching passes, but on special teams. Uh, he's drawing high fives from the Chargers scout as a gunner, beating two dudes off edge. It's like, man, he wanted to be there. Uh, he belongs there. He communicated with the other players. It's just uh, 
he totally took advantage of that whole week in the game. Um, our guy Isabella, what's not to love? I some I heard somebody say he had a bad week of practice. I was like, I thought I saw two really strong practices, but I don't know. I'm crazy. Let's get, let's get that man a prescription that works. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lens crafters. That was the day I didn't show up at Lens crafters. But uh, uh, wrap up the receivers. Uh, Jacoby Myers also. I thought uh, just a really solid week and. He just flashed some explosiveness and speed I did not know he had. I was kind of criticizing him a little bit after the catch on what I had seen from NC State. Well, he caught a pass and just went the distance, could not be caught uh, at Ladd. So, I mean, that looked fast enough to me. Um, you covered the two offensive. Then Chuma Edalga, the, the, the Trojans lineman, uh, I think he could play both yeah. sides, and what he looked like at left tackle was fine. Uh, I think he could Very actually solid. survive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he really helped himself a ton. Then that center, Garrett Bradbury, uh, I, I think um, he just kind of validated what he was. Uh, he still looks a little light, but the athlete he is and the upside he still has, he looks to me like he could put on a little bit more weight too. So, um uh, he and then uh, top Kalen, or Colin top 50 Saunders, sir. What's that? Bradbury, top fifty, top fifty for you, Bradbury. I'll put him in the top fifty. I'm not putting him in the first round. Um, I don't know that right. there's a first round center this year, but yeah, I'd, I'd say he's he's right there. Bradbury or Jenkins for center or Risner. Mm. I'd go Bradbury. The upside. I, I love the athlete he is. Um, it's tough to pass on Jenkins though because he's such a Swiss Army knife. I mean, I really think he could play either guard. He could survive at center. And boy, if uh, you needed somebody to help you out at right tackle, that that might happen too. That uh, there's just a ton to like about Jenkins. But uh, now Bradbury is. If you need a pivot out of this class, he's. You want the Remington Trophy Award winner, right? <laughs> no doubt. Well, you know, listen, well, that well, was a great that was a great offensive breakdown. I'll let you get your defensive guys in. Let me just follow up because, you know, you made so many great points. You know I want to follow up, Joe. Um, you know, Debo, if I'm like the Green Bay Packers, I believe Randall Cobb is a pending free agent. Uh, instead of signing Randall Cobb for $10 million, I'm drafting Debo Samuel in the second round and just watching him. I, I could see him and Aaron Rodgers being a lethal duo and really him being a top-notch performer in this year's draft class i think you know he's kind of gotten lost in the mix here with all these underclassmen and you mentioned uh isabella i mean i think you know i meant i might have mentioned it in one of my write-ups on the website that you know he told me the fastest he was ever timed was when he was at the Air Force Academy because I guess they had offered him a scholarship as well. Four two six handheld, four three nine laser. Um, I don't care. You know, right now until I see another candidate, Isabel is my guy to run the fastest forty in Indianapolis. And um, uh oh, hey now, <laughs> what? It's on. And, uh, it is on. <laughs> And then, you know, McLaurin, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, uh, here's a guy, Joe, that not only was he <laughs> beating the beating the guy so bad on one-on-one, he was turning around 
and then coaching him up after practice, telling, telling him, how, this is why I beat you. This is what you need to do. Like, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, he's definitely got a future in coaching about uh, 10 years down the road or so. But, uh, you know, let's continue on with risers. I don't think you had a chance to really touch on any defensive guys. I know one of the most popular uh, people down there uh, was Jalen Ferguson, who was constantly – uh, surrounded by the media herd. And, and I see a lot of people now uh, feeling he's kind of solidified himself as a first-round pick. Oh, well, yeah, and Ferguson, he was getting harassed by some fat kid at Indianapolis from NFL Draft Bible, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> flagging him down for an interview. Um, I would say, though, the it prospect of the week, uh, Colin Sanders, don't call me Kalen. Uh, that that kid just it was so reminiscent of the year Brandon Williams was down in Mobile with more with his size and the presence, but Saunders with the kind of I don't know just the, the attitude once again, and then the mo- motor he 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 flashed so much with that ability as a pass rusher as a penetrator. I mean, and then the game turned on, and I think it's clear uh, the birth of his daughter on uh, what was it. Uh, Thursday or when it was during the week of senior bowl, he flies back home, goes to see his daughter, mm-hmm. flies right back to the game on time for the game. I mean, just hours before kickoff, of course he registers the sack. Of course he's getting TF. I mean, he's all over the place, uh, disrupting plays and uh, yeah, no question to me, that's motivation right there. But still, I think uh, he, he would have been making some plays regardless. He's that type of athlete. Uh, everybody's seen the backflips and all that fancy stuff, but he is actually a football player. Um, I'm not going to say he was consistent all week long or anything, but uh, he helped himself big time. And then the, the Arizona State tackle, Rennell Wren, uh, just sure. did nothing. But but when one-on-ones, I think uh, he really uh, showed off uh, flat out in some in some reps. So uh, him and then the, the Darius Leonard of this year has to be Terrell Hanks, New Mexico State coming out of that system for the Aggies. Uh, Coach Frank Spaziani gets a shout-out there because uh, that's a pro scheme he's running at New Mexico State. Uh, and he he showed up at the weigh-in, rocked out, too. Uh, he's definitely taking this offseason seriously, uh, showed up at the event ready, and just flashed that speed. Uh, that's today's linebacker right now, kind of a little bit lanky, a little bit longer, and running for days. That's That's Hank's. Um, you already covered Johnson. Uh, that that was just uh, not only a big, big hit in practice. Uh, he did it again in the game, and then yeah, I just say his draft stocks like the the cliffhanger game, and, and Price is right. He's just yodeling all the way up the mountain. Um, and Rocky Sin got to get Temple's Rocky Sin, and I, I thought oh, he had a solid week there, so uh, he deserves yeah. a little credit. And then I'll close it out with Thornhill. Our guy Juan Thornhill, Virginia, I don't care if you're playing him at safety, it's corner, nickel. He was out there during the week tipping passes, making plays on the ball. He sees the field so well. Um, He's also a hitter. I just uh, give him a helmet. He's going to go out there and make plays. I think he proved that this week, and he did nothing. But uh, I think uh, helped himself again. That's a guy I'm I'm saying day two for me on, on Thornhill. Yeah, you got to love the uh, size, speed, physicality from Dornhill, the versatility. In fact, I felt like a lot of these uh, safeties, Joe, flashed their versatility. 
guys like, you know, Adderley and, and Darnell Savage out of Maryland, you know, they can play safety. They can also play nickelback. Um, I thought Savage had a pretty, pretty solid week, you know, didn't really um, make a lot of splash plays, but I mean, you could just tell just pure natural instincts, uh, football just oozing out of his veins. But, uh, you know, some people like him as a nickelback. I think, you know, he's probably going to be an outstanding in the box, strong safety. Um, you know, we'll see where teams view him after the combine. Cause he's a guy that might run, in the four four range at six foot two hundred whatever pounds he is, so I thought Savage uh, looked the part, checked a lot of boxes off, and then you know you mentioned Colin Saunders, uh, Western Illinois, the Leathernecks. I mean, we're just a, an Energizer <laughs> bunny <laughs> all, all week long. Uh, you gotta love uh, how much he just loves the game of football and. Man, you know, you want a media quote? Ask Colin Sanders a question, and just you know, uh, you know, order a pizza, go to the bathroom, come back. He'll still be talking. That's Colin Sanders for you. Um, and then you know, Rennell Wren, I think, is a guy too that's going to kind of blow up the combine. Of course, we'll be on location at the NFL Scouting Combine, Joe's backyard, and uh, we'll be bringing you exclusive coverage there as well all week long from Indianapolis. So check us out over at nfldraftscout.com. Joe, unfortunately, um, when there's risers, there's also sliders. Uh, Who are some of the players that kind of had a disappointing week, in your opinion, at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, it ain't all peaches and cream. Um, We already covered Will Greer and McSorley. um, The the Greer's teammate, David Sills, I I didn't think he looked that good at all. I mean, sure, he caught some contested passes. That's what he's going to have to do for his whole career because I really don't think he's that fast, and he did nothing to disprove me uh, during the week. Uh, The other receiver, Jalen Smith of Louisville, I kind of wasn't expecting much, and he just – he just looked like he was crawling out there. Um, very disappointed in Smith uh, for as highly touted as he is. Um, and another disappointing one, and I don't know if I'm putting this on him, but Alex Wesley, I've got information that says he was hurt all week, so I'm going to give him a pass. But uh, all the rumors I had heard about the speed, and, you know, he's uh, some kind of track uh, uh, superstar, you know. I was expecting an explosive-type athlete. So I think that injury really bothered him. So that's that's unfortunate for Wesley. And then the tight ends, that, that Daniel Parham, man, the Stetson kid, what is he? That just, yeah, I, I don't care that he's got numbers. He's got no ass. He's got no back end, <laughs> no lower half. Stick man out there. I don't think that plays in, in the league. And then uh, another kind of unfortunate situation is Caleb Wilson, the UCLA late invite. Uh, so at a disadvantage yeah. that he did not have a full week. But, boy, it just – Really rough, uh, kind of bad in the game too. Um, the one that hurts me is Dieter, Wisconsin. I thought he got mm. beat early and often uh, the one on ones, and that's just kind of shocking because the you know caliber of the line play there and uh, kind of what you expected out of Dieter. But boy, he left me wanting. And then I think probably in 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 running for the worst lineman uh, possibly of the week was the Javon Patterson, Ole Miss, where just. I had information that, you know, some pro guys were high on this guy, but, oh, bad week, terrible game. Speaking of Colin Saunders, just got whooped by him up front. And I think it really Patterson could just get replaced by a Coke machine. 
out there. Like that's that's just how bad he was. Um, I mean, it it was a regrettable week for him. At the, he he really uh, hurt his stock there. Um, I didn't think Jordan Brown, the corner from South Dakota State, played that well either. Uh, Chris Boyd, Texas, Amani or I think a lot of corners had such a bad week, and then it helped Lonnie Johnson by default because he's out there laying guys out. Uh, it was yeah. really I'm, I would struggle outside of uh, Johnson and Yassin to, to find another corner that had a good week. I'd I'd, I'd vote Valentine before any of the rest. I thought uh, Fields looked rough, Brown was rough, uh, Boyd regrettable week, and then Isaiah Johnson he may have had the worst week at all those corners. So it was it, it not that it's a great week to be a DB out there, but boy it was tough sledding for those guys. Amen. Marshall from USC, not a bad week. Well, true. Biggie, Biggie looks solid. Um, no, but listening to you talk, uh, of course, I want to follow up, but I got some guys. I agree with you on Sills and, and Jalen uh, Smith, is it, from Louisville? I, I wondered why he was even there to begin with. The Elon kid, uh, Olai Yuda, you know, he had an impressive week in East-West Shrine game, looked outstanding. Then you got to the senior ball and was kind of a, a step-off beat there. Uh, the step-up in competition, you know, it was interesting to see him struggle, you know, after having so much success at the Shrine game. Uh, Byron Cowart, I mean, I think he was just there because scouts wanted to see the one-time heralded recruit out of Auburn transferred to Maryland this past year. Yeah. He had his moments. Yeah. He's, you know, showed some flashes, but uh, definitely just way out of his league in terms of overall talent. I don't think he had any right uh, being there. And then Sutton Smith. I mean, we talked about it, Joe. I mean, I want to love this kid, but I mean, he is so tiny. There's no way he survives at the next level living on the edge. He's got a, you know, somehow, some way, convert and make himself an, an inside linebacker. And even then, I don't know. Uh, is safety the better position? Just like the, the the Stetson tight end, good football player. I'm just not sure that he has a true natural position at the next level. Um, any follow ups follow ups there for you, Joe, or you want to move on to surprises? Well, just, yeah, Sutton, it's going to have to be on special teams now. And even then, he's probably going to get lost there. So that was um, – it's tough to see. Off a guy that I've been watching basically his whole career at NIU, um, yeah, the uh, the dream, if it was ever alive, <laughs> is, it is now dead. It is official. Man. <laughs> Take him out to the barn. Well, with that, being said, <laughs> with that being said, we'll transition into uh, the final part segment of our show. Uh, surprises. There was quite a few of them, Joe. Who do you got for us? Well, I think uh, the final one, uh, the, if it's not Johnson, uh, I'd put it on Ballantyne. Uh, he really showed up, um, you know, it added to the roster. And I think he flat out belonged. Uh, and a guy that I just, I'll admit, did not do my homework on before the event uh, arrived. But he is, he's a player. I, I like the build. And so many of these teams playing that Seattle style where you need press corners with the length. Uh, he, along with Lonnie Johnson, I think, uh, fits that profile. And so he, he was a just I did not see that one coming. Um, a guy I knew about 
it kind of makes me mad because it's like, man, I, I, I had a feeling you'd do good here, but it was uh, the Jennings kid of West Virginia as opposed to yeah. his teammate. I think uh, he just is a smooth runner, um, natural ball skills, solid all week, showed up at the game. I, I think, you know, he just gets an attaboy for uh, being super consistent there. So uh, I think he's surprised and probably turned some heads uh, there for himself. Um Doggone it! There is a, a another one. I'm I'm no I'm just like skipping out on, but um, no, I'd say those two uh, stick out the most. Uh, and then I I I just gotta say it. Uh, I think the the biggest stock riser there, and like uh, I I knew of Lonnie Johnson, but man, did that guy kill it! Uh, just all week, um, he probably I should have yeah. thrown him in the money makers, you know, like because he just. Uh, I, it's it's once again. I don't. I think a lot of people knew who he was coming into the week, but everyone who's got a big board, they're sliding him right up along the line. Just not only the the, the just how well he played, but an apples to apples comparison at the other corners. Uh, he won the week, not just the game, not just the practices. Uh, it was uh, the end of January is going to be good for the Johnson family. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And that's how I feel about Penny Hart. You know, I, I got a call early on in the season and, and said, you know, from my buddy, you know who you are, check out this wide receiver at Georgia State. And I said, yeah, he's a junior, isn't he? I said, yeah, just keep an eye on him because he's a playmaker. And Penny Hart was just putting in work. Uh, really, he can blow the top off of defense. So you want to talk about speed? I think Penny Hart really uh, worked him way up into maybe even a, a an early day three type of player. Um, you know, Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State, who I wasn't as high on coming in, actually showed me a nice little pep in his step. I loved his bounce before he got injured there, unfortunately. And, you know, fortunately for Tony Pollard, he got the call up from Memphis, and we talked about that. I mean, nobody really benefited more – uh, than the game in terms of rep, reps than Tony Pollard. I mean, this guy was just getting a bunch of reps in practice. Um, you know, Tony Pollard, uh, uh, um, talk about a jackknife, can, you know, I compared him to Ty Montgomery. I just think he can line up as a, a slot guy. He can uh, play running back. He can play special teams. And, again, probably a day three guy for me, but someone who's going to be, you know, if you're a team looking for a luxury part, uh, on offense, Tony Pollard is a guy that can play a lot of different roles. And then, you know, on defense, I think, you know, Isaiah Barnes, uh, Isaiah Bugs, I'm sorry, from uh, Alabama was one of the practice players of the week. And, you know, there's some injury history there, so we'll see how he checks out medically at the combine. Um, but Greg Gaines, you know, the two Washington Huskies, I mean, Caleb on the offensive side, Gaines on the defensive side, just some big, powerful uh, <laughs> trench movers there. And then, you know, the one guy, oh, Titus Howard, you know, I, I, I'd be remiss to, if I failed to mention uh, Titus Howard, I think Alabama state, you know, there's some buzz on him potentially climbing into the top 50. I get it because of the size and the athleticism. I don't know if I'm there yet on Titus Howard, but it wouldn't shock me if he goes top 100 and then, you know, the last guy I wanted to um, get your opinion on, Joe, I, I spoke to him quite a bit. I wanted to get excited about him. And, yeah, I think it was just more flashes than it was consistency throughout the week. But John Kaminsky, who, you know, basically was 
a 200 and, you know, soaking wet 220 pound uh, quarterback or tight end comes to uh, Charleston, West Virginia, and is now a rocked up 290 or so pounds. Great physique. He said he ran in the spring pro day 462 against the win, 464, uh, 464 with the win, 466 against the win. And that kind of had some scouts buzzing, making that trip to campus to visit him. Um, I didn't think he was a standout. I think there's some tools to work with there, almost like a Marcus Hunt where, you know, he's kind of really – not just put together yet, but I'm curious your take quickly. Yeah, he's almost there, right? Like, I mean, we don't know what he is yet. I think he won the weigh-in, uh, looking like he did. He was yoked up uh, for that, and I think there's a lot to work with. Um, athletically, he's going to test really well. It's just he didn't stand out for me during the week at all. And there's just – it's so difficult because, you know, as opposed to corner – there were so many defensive linemen uh, out there just making the difference. Uh, you know, just all the DL, to all the edge guys, and uh, I think he definitely, unfortunately, was a little bit lost in the shuffle of uh, what is, I think, arguably one of the better defensive line classes I've seen at the Senior Bowl. Because like all of those guys could play. It was, you know, pick a pick the best edge guy of the week. Man, it'd be tough. You're sitting there battling, I think, between three or four guys. So it was a difficult week for Kaminsky in that respect. But he didn't hurt himself. And, and like I mentioned, you know, like uh, Tuesday morning, that, that's that's where he definitely won. And uh, one, I knew I forgot one surprise. I just want to throw it in there. Drew Sample, the tight end of Washington, mm-hmm. I think, uh, all week. Really good blocker and flashed some pass-catching ability I did not know he had, yes. as well as uh, Mr. Disley did in Seattle. Well, Sample, yep. I think, may even be a better version. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Clone, exactly. Uh, Shout-out to our guy Foster Moreau at tight end who had a solid week. You mentioned the defensive lineman. Hey, you know it's a good class when we go through a whole show and we barely even mention Montez Sweat, the highest-rated guy there. Yeah, really? got a guy, <laughs> you know, uh, the Jimenez kid from Old Dominion. I mean, some people think he could creep into the first round. And then I thought the TCU kids did pretty well for themselves too. Benango and and Collier, the new law Collier. firm in town. But, yeah, uh, yeah Collier might have actually improved his stock ahead of uh, Benango. But, um, you know, that remains to be seen. And Dalen Mack, hey, he gets the call up from the Shrine game, dominates there. Hey, had himself a hell of a week, too, at the Senior Bowl. So uh, just a really, really outstanding group of defensive linemen, not just in the Senior Bowl, but for the entire 2019 NFL draft class. And, of course, we're counting you down to Nashville, Joe. We're about 85 days or so away uh, until Destination Nashville. I tweeted out a little sneak peek of what the ambiance and, and the footprint there in downtown Nashville is going to be like uh, by far. We say it every year, the biggest, the baddest, the best one yet. The NFL draft just keeps expanding and growing and getting bigger and becoming a more uh, fan spectacle. Of course, we'll be there on location, as we will, in Indianapolis just uh, under a month or so, three and a half weeks, we'll be departing for Indianapolis. Hopefully, (laughs) some of these temperatures uh, inch up towards the other side of Fahrenheit, Joe. (laughs) Hopefully, we're not on the negative side and we're on the positive side here on the thermometer but uh it was a a blast linking up with you down in mobile and uh we'll try to 
get back next week and do a show so we can at least recap some of the other games we were on location for the East West Shrine and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Until the next time, keep it locked, everybody. Make sure you tune in uh, to NFLDraftScout.com for all of our latest updates and mock drafts. And again, uh, if you're listening out there anywhere on Stitcher or Blog Talk or NFL Draft Scout or iTunes, please like it, subscribe it, spread the word, share the word. We don't have enough subscribers. We're the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasts over here, so we need your help. Just click it, like it, and we will appreciate you. All right, till the next time, everybody, keep it locked. It's been another Can't Stop, Won't Stop edition of the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show.